You are listening to Gone But Never Forgotten. Our topics can include, but are not limited to, murder, sexual assault, graphic and gruesome details, and more. These topics are adult in nature and are not meant for everyone. Listener discretion is advised. Thompson, Manitoba has been at the top, or very nearly the top, of the Statistics Canada Crime Severity Index for many, many years. The CSI does not only look at the number of crimes or crimes per capita, the CSI assigns numbers to crimes with a higher number placed on crimes that are punishable with longer prison sentences. That is the way that we measure the severity of crime occurring in an area. Oftentimes, when you hear about high crime rates or crime severity, you think about things like gangs, gang warfare, and things of that nature. On Saturday, November 26, 2005, though, the case that we're looking at today occurred and is still unsolved. The young lady that we're going to speak about today was quite literally a salt-of-the-earth person. Seemingly, all that she did in her lifetime was work hard to ensure that her life and the lives around her were as wonderful as possible. She was a single mom, a foster mom, a hard worker, a provider for many, and most of all, selfless. Hello, and welcome to episode 39 of Gone But Never Forgotten, the unsolved murder of Melissa Ivy Chaboyer. Welcome back to Gone But Never Forgotten. Thank you to all of our goners out there for listening to every episode and being part of this wonderful journey with us. We hope that each and every one of you out there is trying to live by our new mantra. Be better. I know that I have been. I'll stand right up and tell you guys that the last couple of years of my life have not been easy. I don't think that the last couple of years have been easy for anyone. My mental health my happiness, and frankly, my give-a-shit meter were all broken for so long. Just recently, though, I've been applying Be Better to my life since Julie said it on the show. I've been trying to be a better dad, a better husband, and just a better all-around person. Hopefully, it's been showing. Definitely. I think that we've been going through a hard season in our family life lately, but interestingly enough, we all seem to be improving as people and as a family in spite of all of that. Like Rodney Atkins says, if you're going through hell, keep on going. Don't slow down. If you're scared, don't show it. You might get out before the devil even knows you're there. I think that applies. The walls have seemed like they've been crumbling around us a bit lately, but our family is a unit. We will overcome all of it. I love that song. But also, tough times never last. Tough people do. Amen to that. 
So we hope that you too are finding some power in being a better person. I think that if we all tried to focus more on that than the other things in life, we would realize that the other things start to get easier also. It really is a crazy world out there, and we need to be part of the solution, not part of the problem, that's for sure. This week we're going to talk about a woman who was certainly a part of the solution, and certainly was an amazing person. Unfortunately, at the same time, we're talking about a murder case that has not been solved. I wish that that was not the case, but if you're out there and you know something about this case, maybe hearing about how great the human being was will help you to understand that everyone who knew this wonderful lady deserves closure. Before we get to that, we want to appeal to you, our goners. Do you know of a case from Canada, or abroad even, that we haven't covered yet and that you would like to hear us talk about? We have had a couple of requests in the past, and we are always open to looking into new things. Maybe you know of a case, or maybe you're close to a case that's solved or unsolved that you would like to have us send out to the world for you. We're open to all kinds of things. Collaborations, written scripts, or just ideas of shows to research for our podcast. If you have something that you want us to look into or share, please reach out through email or social media. You can email us at gbnfpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook by searching Gone But Never Forgotten. Our Instagram is at gbnfpod. Our Twitter is at gbnfpodcast. Our TikTok is gbnfpod or gbnfpodcastlance. And of course, you can join us on Patreon by searching for Gone but never forgotten. Also, all social media accounts have a link to our link tree, so it's even easier to find us on all socials once you just find one. I do want to mention also, if you're listening to us on Spotify, please follow the podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. And if you're listening anywhere else, please do whatever you can to get us up and get the metrics up so that we can keep growing and keep doing what we love. I think it's high time, though, that we started telling these good people about a good person. Thompson, Manitoba is the largest city in northern Manitoba and is about 760 kilometers north of Winnipeg. The city was originally founded as a mining town in 1956 and is now seen as a hub in northern Manitoba and northern Canada, providing things like retail, trade, and health care for the communities that surround it. The population of Thompson went through what is called a boom and bust period between its inception and 1981. The town was originally planned to be home for roughly 8,000 people, but by 1971, the population had grown to 19,000 residents. It was believed to have even peaked around 26,000 residents before the recession happened in 1971. There were major layoffs at the mining companies nearby, and by 1981, the population of Thompson had shrank to about 14,200 people. The major boom for the city had been nickel. But as nickel production picked up, mines closed down, and Thompson certainly experienced a mass exodus of people. Today, Thompson is home to approximately 15,000 people. 
Thompson, Manitoba has been recognized by many as the most dangerous city in Canada. As we mentioned, this is measured here in this country by the Crime Severity Index. Looking at the numbers in 2019, Thompson ranked with a CSI of 366, 366, which is second worst in Canada, only beaten out by North Battleford, Saskatchewan. However, the truly damning number is that Thompson had a violent crime severity index score of 570. North Battleford is a distant second for the VCSI with 362. For point of reference, the national average is a score of 82.44. In 2019, Thompson had a homicide rate of 21.2 people per 100,000 people. The national average is 1.6 per 100,000 people. Yikes. The assault rate was 6,538.95 per 100,000, while the national average was way down at 457 per 100,000. Thompson also had theft rates that are four times the national average, and property crimes are also twice the national average. Suffice to say that Thompson does have a lot of violent crimes. In Thompson, the crime rate is attributed to the increase in youth crimes, poverty, and drugs. Melissa Ivy Shaboyer was a Métis woman and a single mom to her son Anthony. However, Anthony was far from the only child that was a part of Melissa's life. For about 10 years before her murder, she was an incredible and loving foster mother to between 20 and 30 children. When you become a foster child to Melissa, it was not just about helping you until you were old enough to leave her care. No. Melissa often helped her foster children well into their lives with things like housing and other care. Once you were a child to Melissa, you were a child for life. Melissa loved nothing more in life than her family. She was also close with her biological family. She was incredibly close with both of her parents. Most knew Melissa not as Melissa, but as Lissa. We'll refer to her as both from here on out. Aside from fostering children, Lissa also worked full-time with developmentally challenged adults, and at times she worked as many as four jobs to ensure that she had enough money coming in to support herself and all of her children. One of the odd jobs that Lissa would pick up was working as a taxi driver for North Star Cab in Thompson. Lissa would generally work there between October and December, specifically so that she could spend extra money on Christmas and Christmas gifts. I think that we could all use more people like Lissa in our lives. This woman seemed like she decided that her entire purpose in life was to try and make the lives of absolutely everyone that knew her better than it was before they met her. Such a hardworking, passionate, and loving woman by the sounds of it. It's awful when you know that the story is about to change. On the night of November 25th, 2005, Melissa left from a visit with her mom and she was off to work. She was working the graveyard shift for North Star Cab. For those that don't know, that means the midnight or overnight shift. Shortly after midnight on what would be November 26th, Lissa was dispatched to the Thompson Arena which was located inside the University College of the North. 
She was driving her white cab, number 302. Unfortunately, neither the caller nor the number of passengers appears to have been known. A few minutes after she was initially dispatched, Lissa radioed in to dispatch and told them that she was going to be making a stop at the Ramada Hotel, which is now known as the Burntwood Hotel. The Ramada was a two-story hotel and also had a sports bar attached called the Regal Beagle Tavern. The hotel was only a little more than one kilometer away from the Thompson Arena. One thing that seems to be uncorroborated to this very day is whether Lissa went to the arena and picked up passengers before going to the Ramada or if she was planning to make that quick stop at the Ramada before she picked up her passengers. What has been pieced together is that by 12.30 a.m. Lissa was headed eastbound in Thompson with two people in her cab and the fare was running. She was seen driving past the Vantis Credit Union at the rear entrance of the city center mall and she drove into the parking lot that was right beside the south doors of the mall. To this day, nobody knows what happened or how exactly everything went down, but this was the place that Melissa's life would tragically come to an end. In the early hours, Melissa was stabbed to death by one or both of her passengers. The two passengers would then flee the scene on foot across a field that was to the eastern side of the mall parking lot, and then they disappeared in the direction of Thompson, known as Eastwood. Not too long after it happened, Ken Rhodes, who was another cab driver in Thompson, was in the North Center Mall parking lot, which was located right beside the City Center Mall. He noticed that Melissa's taxi top light was still lit up in the lot, and he went over to investigate. It didn't take long for Ken to realize what had happened as he found Melissa's body on the ground beside her cab. She was already deceased. On the day of Melissa's murder, hundreds of people within Thompson attended a vigil. There were three cab companies within Thompson and they all shut down operations from 3 p.m. until 7 a.m. the following morning to do their part to pay respect to Melissa. As we mentioned, Melissa was well-liked by everyone that knew her. Her manager at North Star Taxi even said that Melissa was one of the nicest and kindest drivers that were on the road. Disputing early beliefs that this may have been a crime over fair price, he went on to say that if someone didn't have the money to pay Melissa, she would tell them to pay later. She had never, nor would she ever, get into any type of altercation with anyone. Many changes were made along the way because of what happened to Melissa which is great for taxi drivers, but sadly too late for Melissa. In 2006, all cabs in Thompson were mandated to have cameras within the vehicle at all times to try and prevent things like this from happening again. We should mention that within Canada, the two professions that are the highest risk for on-the-job homicide are taxi drivers and police officers, and taxi drivers actually are twice as likely as police officers to be killed on the job. This goes to show how vulnerable a cab driver is seen to be to someone who may be looking to commit murder, theft, or both. There is an awful trifecta when you think about it. Drivers work alone, carry cash, and work overnight when there are not a lot of people on the roads to witness or prevent things from happening. Combine that with the fact that the job description is literally to pick up strangers for your entire shift. 
So the next time that you call for a taxi and get irritated because they ask so many questions like where you're being picked up, where you're being dropped off, know that this is just because the industry is desperately trying to ensure as best they can that their drivers are not at as much risk and they are hopefully keeping drivers from finding the same awful circumstances that Melissa fell victim to. Melissa's father, Milton, perhaps put it best. He said, quote, Nobody deserves to die in the way that Lissa did. How can you sleep at night with this on your conscience? Lissa was a special person that deserved to still be here with us. We miss her so much, it just can't be put into words the hurt that we have. I choke up just thinking that we will never see her again. We missed out on saying goodbye to Lissa as she was taken from us so suddenly and under circumstances that are still hard to believe. We need to put Lissa's soul to rest by closing this tragic chapter in our lives." Unquote. He's right. It really was senseless. Oftentimes we hear about crimes of passion or crimes that at least have some semblance of a reason behind them. Not to say that there's ever a good reason or any reason for murder, but this is one of those cases like some we've covered in the past here where there is no rhyme and no reason to what happened. There are at least two people out there that know what happened on that night and can end this chapter in the lives for so many. If you're one of the people responsible for Melissa Ivy Chaboyer's death, or you are someone that may have information that could help police and the family here, please reach out. Manitoba Crime Stoppers has offered a $4,000 cash reward for the arrest and convictions of the person or people responsible for Lissa's murder. Milton has also offered his own $10,000 reward as well, making for a total of $14,000 in reward money. If you have any information on the murder of Lissa, please contact Thompson RCMP at 204 677 6909 or call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-TIPS or go online and submit a secure tip at manitobacrimestoppers.com. This is one of those senseless murders that happened and there are no answers. Imagine if this was you and someone was holding information back. Imagine losing your mother, your daughter, your friend, or really anyone that you know and all of these years go by and nobody says a word. That's not the kind of closure that everyone deserves to have in a situation like this. Perhaps almost as bad as a crime like this is the pain and the struggle that it causes for those that are left behind. I literally hate cases like this because it's kind of like a reminder of just like there's really sick people out there and like there could be no reason you know we always think growing up like be a good person because bad things happen to bad people and like this case and i like a couple of our you know past episodes really shows that like sometimes things are really senseless and have no reason it was just bad timing and uh you know wrong place wrong time kind of thing so like what else what else do you have to say with a case like this lance well yeah i mean you kind of covered it right there i mean like i said just a second ago you know usually there's some kind of motive you know whether it's drugs or passion or a fight that escalates or something but then you have cases like this where it literally seems like everything was completely random you know this lady 
I mean, of course, there's the chance that somebody was mad at her for something, but, you know, like, everything about her was good, you know? Like, she fostered kids for life, you know? And she was just driving a cab. And, I mean, all we know is that we saw her go past what I assume was a closed-circuit TV or, like, a security camera that saw her drive past that bank machine, and then that's it. Yeah. You know, nobody was in the parking lot. Nobody was in the parking lot next door. Nobody saw anything. They know yeah. that there was two people in the car, and that's where it ends. Well, and it's like, you know, it's hard when you hear stories of people trying to make a better life for themselves, but also hard workers. Like, it's so difficult to find people that have a good work ethic nowadays, and then you hear stories about people who do, and these tragic things happen to them. Like, it's just not fair at all. Well, and this is a crime where someone was stabbed to death, you know? Like, usually there's something behind that, not just, I'm going to call for a cab, and whoever shows up driving that cab, they're going to die today. Yeah, it's pretty messed up. So, I mean, I hope that this episode will help the family a little bit. Um, I mean, there's a good amount of reward money out there, you know? So it's not even about just reporting it for being a good person. Like, if you if you need a reason to report something and make it worth it for you, like, there is $14,000 on the line here, you know? So, like, your good deed will be rewarded. So if you know anything, please reach out. Like, you can be better for someone who was trying to be better for themselves and everyone else in the world. Yeah, exactly. I mean... We're talking about 2005, so obviously that's 17 years ago now. But, you know, these people are likely still out there. I mean, it's always possible that they're not. They're dead. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, they've talked to someone. You know, I mean, you hear these cases all the time. These people are prideful when they do something like this. And it comes out eventually. Yeah. Somebody more than the two people that were in that cab knows what happened. Yeah. Well, I think this episode also is a really good reminder um of specifically thompson and how you know violent that area is so if you live around thompson um just be careful be extra safe um and just you know always be on the lookout because everywhere is dangerous nowadays but with these numbers i'm really surprised well i mean it's crazy like i i know a little bit about the csi the index itself and it's like yeah, I mean, there's a reason why places like Thompson and North Battleford, Saskatchewan are up there. And I'm sure there's places in northern Ontario that are up on that list, too. Yeah. You know, you get up into those further north places, and unfortunately, you know, there's as much mental illness as there is in city centers like Toronto, but there's not as much help. There's That's not true. as much things to do. There's not as many things to occupy yourself. I know for me growing up, You know, we always said we did sports and stuff to keep ourselves out of trouble. But when you get up into a place with a tiny population and it's often freezing cold there, you know, there's not a lot to do. And you know what they say, like idle hands, right? It's, you know, it's unfortunate, but like this stuff does happen. And it's not just Thompson, it's everywhere. The reality is the numbers are so high because the population's low and there's a lot of crime. It's probably not more crime than Toronto or somewhere that has millions of people there, but the average comes down. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. So I really hope that this uh, case can get solved at some point because I feel like Lissa was like the kind of person that we need everywhere. Like I would have loved to have my neighbor be Lissa, (laughs) someone nice and just helpful and like, you know, you can see them doing good in the world. Like, I I try to be like Lissa, and it's very difficult. <laughs> but yeah. I try every day to be a good person. So, you know, 
just try to be a better person. Try to be like Lissa, you know, and let's just hopefully get some closure for her and her family on this one. Yep, for sure. I think we'll wrap it up there. So Julie said be better a record time in this episode. So I'm going to close the episode by reminding you to follow our podcast, rate our podcast, do whatever you can, spread the word, share our posts, do everything because we are loving doing this. We're loving each and every one of you goners and we just want to keep this community and this podcast growing. So thank you for listening one more time to Gone But Never Forgotten and we'll see you next week.